0: This week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. AMD targets HPC with 7 nanometer EPIC
1: server OEMs, cloud vendors, lineup.
0: It's This Week in HPC. Hi, F1. Thanks for listening in to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with HPC Wire. I'm Addison Snell, joined again by Tiffany Trader. Tiffany, we had a great launch event this week up in San Francisco. As on August 7th, AMD announced the launch of its long-awaited second-generation Epic processor, and that's the first processor to hit the enterprise data center with a seven nanometer process technology.
1: Yeah, so this is the this is the follow on to the the Epic one, the Naples uh, server CPU that they uh, introduced a couple years ago, and with the second gen Epic, they are are bringing us a uh, seven nanometer. Um, in, a, in a hybrid, what they're calling a hybrid multi-die architecture. This has eight CPU chiplet modules called core complex dies with up to eight cores each. So that's a total of 64. So there are SKUs with up to 64 uh, cores on them. And this is all wrapped around the central IO die, which is done in a 14 nanometer process a technology. So this uh, this hybrid multi-die uh, approach, it allows these, this mix, mix, the mixing of these, these process technologies. So you have the x86 cores on the 7 nanometer die and the bigger IO die is on a 14 nanometer. And this is all connected with their next gen infinity fabric with, um, which uh, offers a, supports uh, up to 128 PCIe Gen 4 lanes in in kind of a standard configuration, and then up to 160 PGI uh, Gen 4 in custom builds.
0: Yeah, the great thing with this launch was the end-to-end focus on performance. They came out of the gate talking about performance. They spent the whole keynote talking about performance. They kept supporting it with benchmarks. I think out of all the chip speeds and feeds that we saw, the Infinity Fabric is actually my favorite part of the whole thing. Now the Infinity Fabric in the current generation will do CPU to CPU connection and also GPU to GPU connection when you get into the uh, Radeons. Uh, on the GPU side, the CPU to GPU connection—that's using the PCIe Gen 4, which we also heard a great deal about. This is a this is a big deal. They they had a lot of great performance claims and across a lot of different SKUs. They had a total of 19 different SKUs that they talked about. 14 with dual socket and five with single socket. And at the top of the line, we're looking at two different SKUs that are 64 core, 128 threads, a base frequency on the top. Top bin part, the 7742, a base frequency there of 2.25 gigahertz, with boost frequencies uh, up to 3.4 gigahertz. If you multiply that out, that's you know over three teraflops on a single socket.
1: Yeah, they had a lot of emphasis on performance, like you said, and there were a, there was a lot of em- emphasis on benchmarking. Here, they are coming out day one, and they already are announcing these 80 80 benchmarking records. Uh, Fifteen of them in the high performance space. Um, a couple, I think, are worth are worth mentioning. They they put that 64 core EPIC 7742 742 up against two two. They put two of those up against two of the Xeon Platinum uh, 28 core 8280, which is Intel's highest performing part without going up into the, the, uh, the, uh, the 90 the, um, 90,00 uh, Cascade Lake AP line. Um, so they, they, they noted 2x better performance in computational fluid dynamics and up to 72 percent higher performance for structural analysis. So some of these you know HPC workloads, they also uh, saw a 90 on the, the spec. Spec rate, uh, the spec int rate uh, 2017 workloads, they saw 97% higher performance. Uh, and then for the floating point spec benchmark, they saw an 88% uh, faster uh, speed speedup. Uh, that, that is uh, what they reported as far as uh, some of those benchmarks go.
0: You know, we go into launch events and I'm accustomed to seeing people claim that they have world record performance. And you always great, say, great, I'll, I'll wait and see how they rigged whatever benchmark to make whatever claim at whatever kind of comparison. But this was pretty thorough. AMD was throwing down saying, we're going to prove that this is the most powerful x86 processor on the market. And they hit it a lot of different ways. There was heavy use of the spec benchmark suites to be sure, but then to, complement that with real-world applications across computational fluid dynamics and structures and science. There's all kinds of HPC benchmarks as part of the press pack. As they kept throwing more and more at it, it started looking pretty compelling. Now, any HPC user is going to say, oh, great, well, what about my workload? And you can't get all of that into any launch. But if AMD's goal is to make a credible claim that's going to get them into the uh, conversation and evaluation, if I'm an end user, I'm going to say they've done enough that I'm going to evaluate that for my next deployment if performance is something that I care about.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, and a lot of this performance is owed to their their what they now have, their process technology leadership coming out with the industry's first 7 nanometer server chip. It's, it's really a big step and a big advantage um, uh, for AMD. Uh, Intel, of course, is on their 14 nanometer process with Cascade Lake. They they announced they recently announced I think it was just a day uh, the day before this this event uh, they announced that their forthcoming Cooper Lake will be on an, an enhanced 14 nanometer I think it's 14 nanometer plus plus is is the term um, and uh, we'll have they they said Intel said that we'll have up to 56 cores so they're bringing the the um, MCM multi chip module approach that they use for that AP line on Cascade or SKU on uh, on the Cascade cascade lake family they're bringing that down into the into the sp the standard SKUs, put it pull, pulling this mcm approach down into the down into the stack and into also putting it into a standard socket which will be um, more easily uh, supported um you know conceivably uh but but still it just shows you that, um, that they uh, and then they then after that they'll be coming with a 10 nanometer but you know in, um, amd has a 7 nanometer now and it's looking like uh, Intel's 10-nanometer, which which may be com- competitive and won't be out for uh, um, possibly another year or so.
0: Now, with launching a new processor, of course, you want to see what are the server OEMs doing, and they had all, all of the major server OEMs for HPC all lining up. Mark Potter, who's the CTO at HPE, who took the stage first, and he announced three different Uh, servers from HPE that are available today with the new Epic processors, the ProLiant DL325 and DL385, and then the Apollo 35, which targets HPC specifically. Uh, So there was a lot going on. Uh, There with uh, with uh, the high performance processors going into the HPE server lines and then Dell was able to get up on stage after that Robert Hormuth the vice president and CTO of server infrastructures and systems at Dell and they were focusing in particular not only on general availability but really drilling down on the single socket configurations for big performance.
1: Yeah, so this this single socket market potential is something that AMD has been has been focused on and emphasizing since they since they launched with their their first gen product and Dell Dell, Dell EMC was one of the initial partners for that. They they announced last year that they came out with a some of their Power Edge server um, single socket Power Edge servers last year, and you know they they showed their support on stage and then they announced that they are also they are planning to debut. Rome single socket platforms in the fall, uh, but an, another company, uh, Lenovo, um, is also really um, a strong, is a, is a very strong partner um, for for with AMD on the on the single. Socket strategy, and they announced um, as part of this launch event, they're launching with several servers now, and that they will be shipping those this month. So Lenovo is a very important partner for AMD when it comes to the executing on this single socket server strategy. Doug Fisher, who is Lenovo's COO and SVP of their data center group, came to stage and announced that the SR655 and SR635 have they 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 have that single socket availability. Now they will be shipping this month, uh, and they believe that there's a a big um, market potential. They are they're initially going after more of the the edge side of the market, the hyperconverged market. But that is like they see that as the entry point into potentially a larger market, including you know many HPC workloads that are are more um, license sensitive sensitive on um, the socket light socket licensing or you know need the density. Both Scott Ayler and Forrest Norod of of AMD both have both stated emphatically that they can they believe they can address the entire two socket market with uh, with their single socket offering. So it's definitely something interesting to to see emerging and you know something we're going to continue to watch.
0: Yeah, out of all of these server OEMs, I thought Lenovo was one of the most interesting just in terms of market dynamics, because from an HPC perspective, they were the really the last ones that had been pr- promoting their loyalty to an all-Intel strategy. They were doing all-Intel processors and the OmniPath fabrics and some of their large supercomputing deployment. So to see the AMD SKUs creeping into the mix at Lenovo, I think, is is significant as a market dynamic. Now, it wasn't just these top three. Atos was there, not on stage, but displaying some liquid-cooled solutions. And then Really, if we're going to talk about HPC and supercomputing, mm-hmm. everyone wants to hear from Cray. And Pete Ungaro, the CEO of Cray, did take the stage. And not just to say, oh, yeah, we've got some products with uh, Epic processors also, but he announced some really significant wins.
1: So, yeah, Cray was there. They, they were there at the, at their, their last event, too. Um, and they, uh, Cray's CEO, Pete Ungaro, got on stage and reviewed some of their big wins, uh, including um, Oak Ridge, at, with, uh, with the Frontier system, um, the big, uh, that'll be the big exascale system, one of the exascale systems for the U.S. And then also another big, uh, pre-exascale system at NERSC up at Berkeley Lab, and that system's called Perlmutter. Uh, he also announced, uh, some wins with, the the U.S. Air Force Weather Agency that that will use a Shasta system with the second generation EPICS, uh, providing um, terrestrial and space weather information to the, the Air Force and the U.S. Army. And then the last one that they um, talked about was with a University of Indiana. Their Big Red Two, uh called Big Red Two Hundred. That system will also use the, the second generation EPICS. So, I mean, right out of the gate here, um, that's for big systems that are going to use uh going to use epics um many of them epic 2s and then uh when it comes to frontier uh it looks like the timeline lines up right for the, the Zen 4 um, CPU, which, which is going to be called Genoa, that's going to come after the next one, Milan, but we don't actually have confirmation that that, that will be the part for that, for, for that system. But the, the timeline is, it looks right, like I said. So not
0: only all of the major server vendors going up on the stage, but they also talked about cloud and some of the big cloud providers. Now, a lot of the event, the launch event, built up to a big announcement from Google at the end with uh, Bart Santos, a vice president of engineering at Google he came up with the, the you know the standard epic puns i'm more than excited i'm feeling epic and google certainly announced mm-hmm. that They have the that they're planning on deploying these second generation AMD Epic processors. Although, to me, he didn't say a lot in terms of quantity, and therefore was less interesting to me than some of the previous announcements that they had, including from Microsoft Azure, where they had Girish Bablani, who's the uh, corporate vice president for Microsoft Azure Compute, who announced the availability of something they were calling HBV2. with up to 80,000 cores and Mellanox 200 gigabit HDR InfiniBand available in the Microsoft Azure cloud. And then not just that, but they had a great speaker up from Twitter Jennifer Frazier is a senior director of engineering, and she had proof points that I think went beyond what you often hear from uh, customer testimonials that amounted to saying that they were getting 44.5% more cores per rack and 25% lower TCO and that they would be deploying these new epics at scale over the remainder of the year. Now she didn't say what she was comparing that to in the previous generation, but nevertheless, anytime you get a major user up there saying we've got 25% improvement in TCO, that's a pretty good testimonial.
1: Definitely some, some really strong, strong uh, support coming in there. And you know, another thing that was a big focus not surprisingly, was security. Uh, there was a big focus on security. Um, you know, there's these uh, se- been a seemingly never-ending stream of um, security security vulnerabilities um, that, that have been coming out, kicked off with uh, the disclosures of of uh, Spectre and, and Meltdown uh, early last year. So uh, these um, these new chips, they are uh, the, the new EPICS are said to deliver hardened at the core security features. Um, you know based on a silicon embedded security subsystem and and other advanced features such as secure memory encryption and secure encrypted vir- virtualization so um you know amd was really doing uh doing its best to assure everyone that, that that they were baking security you know into into the chip
0: yeah security definitely came up if performance was the top level theme uh they definitely made the case that uh that TCO was a, uh, was also a major component. They had a lot of TCO comparisons all the way through. And then security, of course, is something that, uh, that they didn't want to let go. So the, the two major sub-themes of the conference. Now, they, they certainly went well over time. I didn't have a problem with it. I think they could have kept going. I would have listened to more. More things I would have liked to have heard about. One is uh, porting and optimization efforts coming from a Xeon environment to an AMD environment. What kind of porting is required? What kind of optimization is required to get to some of these world uh, record numbers? Uh, So maybe we'll get some more detail from someone on that. And then another topic I think went underexplored was the 7-nanometer Radeon GPUs. This was really CPU-focused, and I get that. and We wanted the the CPU detail, but uh, I could have heard more about the Radeon's at the same time. And upstairs in the solution forum after the keynote, uh, they did have a reference architecture that looked uh, pretty interesting. It was a 4U server with dual sockets so the two Epic processors and eight Radeon GPUs using Infinity Fabric for GPU-to-GPU and CPU-to-CPU connections. And then for the GPU-to-CPU connections, eight independent PCIe Gen 4 lanes. That's, of course, a reference architecture. AMD doesn't make the server Itself, but uh, showing what can be done with the Epic processors, the Radeon GPUs, the PCIe Gen four, and the Infinity Fabric.
1: Yeah, you know, I think, I think, I expect. Uh, I'm sure you do too. I expect we will be we will be hearing more about these um, things that didn't that didn't that weren't talked about the porting process and the software and more about radions of course we know that many of these big systems that are coming up including frontier in the in the 2021 time frame they are amd epic plus you know plus amd gpu systems so um i definitely think we'll you know they'll be showing us uh, more um as to about what they're doing there too
0: Our Twitter followers will find a lot of my comments from throughout the launch event on my Twitter handle at Addison Snell and on our corporate Twitter handle at Intersect360. And of course, you can get full details in the stories on HPC Wire. Tiffany, it was great seeing you at the launch event. You too. All right. Thanks, Tiffany. And we'll catch up again next week. And thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.